Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast, a podcast recorded at LifeGate Church in Burleson, Texas. We hope you enjoy the talk, and be sure to stick around for more at the end. Come on, I'm excited about this message that I believe that God has spoken to me that's supposed to be to you guys today. It's called Halftime. And so before we really dive in, I want to start with some scripture here. Some of you guys probably know this story. You're probably kind of familiar with it. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Moses? And so we're going to start in Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 21. I'm reading the message version. You have a little, like, chunk of it in your bulletins today, but if you need it, it's on the screen. It's also on version for you if you want to get on there and look up Exodus chapter 14, but we're going to start with that, and I'm, I'm going to read a pretty good little chunk, but we'll stop at the end and make sure it all makes sense to you after that. Okay, we good for that? And can I get on the floor? I, I'm just comfortable down here where you guys are at, so I'm going to be like in your face today, so just get ready. It's going to be fun. All right, so Exodus 14, verse 21, and this is what it says. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and God, with a terrific east wind, all night long, made the sea go back. He made the sea dry ground. The seawater split. The Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters a wall on the right and to the left. The Egyptians came after them in full pursuit, every horse and chariot and driver of Pharaoh racing into the middle of the sea. It was now the morning watch. God looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud on the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. He clogged the wheels of their chariots. They were stuck in the mud. The Egyptians said, run from Israel. God is fighting on their side against Egypt. God said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, and the waters will come back over the Egyptians, over the chariots, over their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and as that day broke and the Egyptians were running, the sea returned to its place as before. God dumped the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The waters returned, drowning the chariots and the riders of Pharaoh's army that had chased after Israel into the sea. Not one of them survived. This is verse 29. But the Israelites walked right through the middle of the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall to the right and to the left. God delivered Israel that day from the oppression of the Egyptians, and Israel looked at the Egyptian dead, washed up on the shore of the sea, and realized the tremendous power that God brought against the Egyptians. The people were in reverent awe before God and trusted in God and his servant Moses. Now, I love reading this story. I know most of you zoned out like maybe a verse or two into that. So let's just kind of catch up real fast. We've got Moses. Most of you have heard this story before. He's got all the Israelites. They're making their way downtown, y'all, trying to bust a move, get out of there, because the Egyptians are coming after them, right? And so they're coming, they're coming, and they're all freaking out. And God says to Moses, take your staff, lift it over the water, and it's going to split. And so the water split, y'all, dry ground, and they walk across they get away from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And then it says, Moses, put your, put your staff over the water again. And, of course, the Egyptians are coming now. And the waters crush them and drown them and, and take over them. And I love reading this story because I get so excited, y'all. Like, I love, it's like when you watch a movie but you skip to the last scene. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like the best scene in the world, right? Like Breakfast Club busting through the doors or something. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's like the best scene in the movie, right? And so, 
you see Moses, and you see this incredible victory. And it's funny, Pastor Chad was talking about victory a minute ago, and that's kind of where we're going today. But I want us to kind of think about this idea of halftime. I was driving in my car a few weeks ago, and I was like, God, what do you have for LifeGate Church on June 29th, 2014? Like, he's actually letting me preach. And, and like, what do you have for me, God? It's got to be something good. And he, he just put this idea of halftime in my mind. And he said that maybe some of us have lost some dreams. They've lost passion. They've lost some of the hope that maybe we had at the beginning of 2014, right? Like, we start the year, and we're so excited. I'm going to lose weight. And, man, my relationship with God's going to be so much better than it ever has been, right? And, like, I'm going to be a better dad, you know, to my kids and all this stuff. Like, we have all these big dreams and big hopes for 2014, but now, June 29th, halfway through, we've kind of let some of those go. Like, let some of them go, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we've kind of let some of those dreams and some of that passion that we had at the beginning of the year just kind of drop. And I, I think that probably all of us can agree with that in some form, some way, that, man, we, we had a resolution this year that, man, we were going to do it. And then, like, a week rolled by, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore, God. And so God said, you know what, I want you to take this idea of halftime to LifeGate Church and get them excited about the second half of this year because, and we just let it just kind of, we get used to life and we're so busy and we're okay with the status quo. And it's funny, I was driving in my car, like I said, and I'm praying. He put this idea in my head and I was like, I don't know about that. Like, I just, I don't know if I'm feeling. I said, tell you what, God, I made a deal with him. I said, tell you what, that'll be what I talk about. If I get out my little iCal on my phone and I count 26 Sundays, and that's the 26th Sunday, because at the time I just figured it was middle Sunday of the year, whatever. But I was like, it's got to be the 26th, not the 25th, not the 27th. It's got to be the 26th, and lo and behold, I'm driving, y'all. I'm being a bad driver, all right? I get my iCal out, and I count. One, two, get to 26, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm reading this story about Moses, and we see this incredible victory, and I'm here to tell you today that I believe that we all, some good grammar right there. We all can claim a victory this year. I believe that we can feel inspired, that we can do something to say, you know what? It might be halfway through, but this is going to be the best half yet. Everybody loves a comeback, y'all. Pretty much all those movies you just saw a clip from, dude, they were losing, right? Right? They weren't supposed to win, but what happens? Comeback. And I believe, and I know for a fact that my God is a God of comebacks. Amen? And so today I've just got a few little things that I believe can help us claim victory in the second half. To make 2014 the best year we've ever had. It might have started out slow. It might have started out tough. You might be so beaten down right now, but I promise you today's halftime, y'all. And I might be the second string coach, but I feel like God has brought me a word that's going to get you a little excited, get you up out your seat when you walk out those doors, and you're going to go do something. Amen? Come on, let me just tell y'all, I'm a holler back preacher, you know what I'm saying? So here's my little deal with you, the louder you are, the less I preach. So the quicker you get to go home to your little crock pot, right, or you get to go to Antonio's, like, I'm, I'm helping you out here, that's our little deal. So the louder you are, the more amens and hallelujah and glory you throw up my way, the more time I'm not going to take from you, if that makes sense right there. Come on, come on. All right. So number one, everybody say, numero uno. We have to stop letting 
our past mistakes and failures affect our present performance. We've got to stop letting our past mistakes and failures affect our present performance. And you're like, well, I guess that makes kind of sense. That preach is okay. But I've got some scripture to back that up. And I don't have time to dive into the whole story of Moses, y'all. It's like massive. And I just don't have enough time. And like I said, I want to get you guys out of here, home to your crockpots and to Antonio's and to Outback and wherever you want to go today. Amen. All right. And so scripture tells us in the story of Moses, like I said, we're going to just dive right into this, that Moses was a murderer and he was a fugitive. Like, y'all, he killed somebody. Watch out, right? And so Moses is on the run, and for 40 years he, he, he spends time just tending sheep and, and, and kind of getting away. He's still fugitive. He's probably letting this kind of hold on to him. And so one day it says God showed up to Moses, the burning bush, like, right? The burning bush. And he's got all this stuff, and I'm skipping like right to the good part here. So check this out. This is Exodus 3, 10 through 12. And it says, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. So God's like, dude, I need your help. Go set my people free, get them up out of there, and take them out of there. Cool, we on the same page? And so this is Moses, his rebuttal to God. And it says, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? It says, verse 12, I love this. It says, God answered, I will be with you. It's funny to me how many times God shows up in our life, burning bush, right? And he has this big dream for you. He says, you know what? I want you to be the best dad that anyone's ever seen. I want your kids to grow up and know me better than anyone ever has. That's that's big, (laughs) Like, it's not easy being a parent, and I don't know from experience because I don't have any kids, y'all. But I can relate. I've got like 30-something kids here on Wednesday nights, and I'm like worried about all of them and stuff and like making sure they're making good choices and stuff like that, right? Like, not the same, but I get a little sliver of it, right? 30 kids, y'all. That's a lot of kids. All right. And so um, we see Moses, and he's just like, there's no way. Who am I to do this? And I feel like so many times God comes to you and he says, you know what? I want you to do that this year. I I want you to be the best parent you've ever thought you could be. Man, I want you to to, to go to your job that you hate, and I want you to show up and work like you've never worked before. Come on. That's a little tough right there, right? Come on. Like, my job's tough, y'all. You don't know my boss, right? Just kidding. I love him. (laughs) But God's, you know, he's got big dreams for us, and he's got big things. You're like, well, God's never shown up to me with a burning bush, and he's never just spoken to me. Go and do this. Like, he's never done that. But, man, I believe that through reading his word, God, God, through trying to live for him, God calls us to a higher calling of living, higher level of living. Sorry, I'm getting a little tongue-tied this morning. But he's called us to a higher level of living. And, man, we don't even have to hear from him to know what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. And he says, you know what? I want you to stop that addiction this year. It's going to hold you back. You know, you know what? I, I want you to start reading my word every day. I don't know about that. Man, God has these big dreams, and he's got just this big hope he has for you of doing something big, right? But we're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a, I'm a I'm not a morning person. Like, I just can't wake up and read the word. Like, I just, I just can't do that, God. I'm sorry. I like my sleep. And if I don't have my coffee, I'm just not going to be awake. And I'm not going to get anything out of it. And then I just wasted time. And we make up all these excuses. 
Just like Moses, right? Who am I? He's like, you know, I'm a murderer. Don't you know that? I'm a fugitive. And we just think of every reason saying, you know what, God, I can't do this. But I love reading that scripture because what does God say? I'll be with you. I don't know about you, but, man, I feel like I can do anything with God on my side. That's it. We read that, and we see Moses, and, of course, the story goes on, and he comes up with more excuses. But guess what, God? He says, you know what? Those are stupid. <laughs> can, I be, can I be frank this morning? Is that cool? He says, you know what? I, 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 I'm not going to hear that. I know that you've, you, you can do this. I know that I can send you out there, and you can set my people free. I'll give you whatever you need. No more excuses. Let's do this thing. And so we see Moses, and he goes on. And today I, I want to read another scripture for you. And this is from Lamentations. It doesn't have anything to do with Moses. But I, I feel like so many times we just get so beaten down. And, God, I can't do that. God, there's no way, God. So many excuses. And I, I found this scripture, and I... I love it. <laughs> Just go with me there real fast. And it says, verse 21 says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Might have heard the song, Great is the." Okay, we're going to do that. But, uh, Real fast, do I have any basketball players, fans, like maybe you've watched a game before, right? Got some basketball people out here. Well, I was watching the Spurs in the Heat, y'all. Mavericks didn't quite make it. It's cool. <laughs> but I was watching the Spurs in the Heat, and I remember watching, and at one point the Spurs were down, and that's the team I was going for, right? And I remember they had the ball, and they were taking forever, and they are passing around. It's kind of boring, right? And you're just like, man, just somebody foul somebody real fast. Like, I need to see an elbow to the face or something, right? And all of a sudden, the guy shoots it and completely, utterly, totally misses the shot. I'm like, dude, we're down, bro. Like, well, you've got to make these shots, right? I remember that. And all of a sudden, I, I remember that one of the players rebounded the ball. And I remember hearing the announcer say this, and I just, I held on to this. And he says, the Spurs have a new 24. All right. And if you know basketball, you know that they have 24 seconds. It's a shot clock. They have 24 seconds once they get the ball to shoot it. Pretty much it, shot clock. It makes pretty much sense to most people, right? And so there's a shot clock, and he says, the Spurs have a new 24. And I'm like, oh, man, hold on. Wait a second. Like, that kind of preaches. And let me just bring you there where I was thinking. I'm like, they got a new 24. And I'm reading this scripture, and it says his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And I believe that it doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter the failures that have overtaken your life, the doubt that's in your mind, because God is going to show up with a new 24, y'all. He's going to reset the shot clock. We might have missed the shot, but he's going to show up, and he's going to let us go and go and go until we make it, until we see victory. And I believe that over our lives today, that if we say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what I was or what I used to do, but I'm stepping into the new me because I have a new 24, y'all. Can we get a little excited this morning that God gives us a new 24 every single day? His mercies are new every morning. I love it. Oh, it's me all excited and I start yelling up here. Sorry, y'all. It, it happens. I love that. And I think that that's what we need to. And I love the scripture. It says, yet yeah, this I call to mind. 
Every morning you wake up and you know what? It's been holding you down. You've been feeling beaten down in the middle of this year. And you know what? God's given you a new 24. It's the second half. He's given you a new 24. And I believe that you can see victory in your life and in your family's life and in LifeGate Church's life. Amen? Come on. Claiming victory. Everybody say number two. And somebody giggled out there because I said number two. Watch out. <laughs> you guys are immature. What are you doing out there? We go on with the story, and this is Exodus chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. And so we see Moses. He, he, goes, he goes back to Egypt. He's taking this call upon, you know, God's put on his life. He's like, you know what? I can't. I don't have any more excuses. God's given me a new 24. So he goes, and he gets his brother Aaron, and they go see Pharaoh. Of course, you might know the saying, let my people go, right? You probably heard that before. And so we see Moses, he's in front of Pharaoh, and he's, he's asking Pharaoh, he said, let my people go. Of course, Pharaoh's like, heck no, techno. Like, that's not happening, right? Like, these people are working for me. They're my slaves. I like having pretty stuff, and they build pretty stuff, right? And so this is when we see Pharaoh, and this is what he says. It says, that same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. He said, you are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, verse 8, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. Like, man, this dude's kind of a jerk, right? So not only will he not let them be free and let them go about their way and make their way downtown... But he says, you know what? You guys are being lazy. So from now on, instead of supplying you with everything that you need, I'm going to take it away. You're going to have to work just that much harder because I'm a jerk. Pretty much what he said, right? And so, of course, the Israelites are like, what the heck, dude? Like, you just, like, we had an okay thing going. I mean, I know we're slaves and life isn't that great and we're kind of bummed out about the way things turned out. But now you've just made it that much worse. Of course, we see Moses, and Moses is like, man, what did I go and do? And this is verse 22. It says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. You ever have one of those why God moments? Like, dude, every time I stub my toe, I'm like, <laughs> Why God, why? I know that we probably all had a why God moment, right? And this is Moses because, man, God has sent him to do this incredible deed of setting the Israelites free. The first thing he does makes it just that much worse. Ugh. And I, I love God's response. God always has the best responses. He's God, right? This is chapter 6, verse 1. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Watch out. <laughs> so kind of coin flips a little bit, right? We see that, man, Moses is like, why, God, why? <laughs> Crying probably, freaking out, right? Kind of like we do sometimes. But God's like, you know what? You're about to see what's about to happen. And sometimes I think that we have to stop letting our present losses bring us closer to reaching our future victories. Some of you, that might not make sense, and that's okay. It kind of, it's one of those weird phrases. But it, we have to start letting our present losses bring us closer to reaching our future victories. Now, y'all, I'm just going to be real with you for a second, all right? So about a month and a half ago, I started a diet. 
I'm like, I got to look good for my wedding, you know, I got to thin up a little bit, you know, lose some weight, right? And so I started this diet about a month and a half ago. And over the past month and a half, I've realized one thing. You ready for this? This is like the one big thing that I've held on to, right? This idea of I want to be healthy, skinny. I want to be skinny more than I want that donut. Like I want to be skinny more than I want that whole thing of cookies because I know I could tear that thing up, right? Like I want this more than I want that. And I have to kind of experience a loss for a second there, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm at a restaurant, and I see, like, the banana pudding. What? And I see that banana pudding, y'all, and I'm just like, I don't want that, and I could just eat so much of it right now. I don't even care. I'm just going to have it all over my face, and it's going to be awesome. But I've had to come to this realization that I want to be healthy more than I want that banana pudding. And I think sometimes we have to experience a few losses, small Maybe seem like the, the biggest deal in the world to us, right? Because I want that banana pudding, right? But we've got to experience some, some losses there. And they, to God, he's like, you know what? You, you, you're going to experience that, but you've got to see the bigger victory in the long run. And hopefully for me, that's being healthier and skinnier, you know? Like, hopefully that's it. But I believe as Christians, we have to see that as well. It, it, it might be a few losses here and there, but I believe that God's going to show up and, and show you that victory that he's been longing for you to have. That it might seem like, yeah, Pharaoh said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take away all this stuff, and you're going to have to work a little harder, and you're going to hate your life just a little bit more. But God's saying, you know what, it's going to suck. But not as much as it's going to be awesome of me freeing you guys. Of me saying, you know what, I'm going to take you guys up out of this mug, and I'm taking you to the promised land, y'all. I believe that over our lives, that, man, it might seem like we're just getting beat every day. You go to work, and your boss is a jerk, kind of like Pharaoh, right? Happens. But I believe, man, we could show up, and we can be the best whatever you are in the world. You know what? Your kids might be a little tough sometimes, y'all. <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> but you just got to keep holding on. It might be a little temper tantrum here, but guess what? You're going to tell that kid how to follow Jesus. You're going to tell that kid how to respect his elders because, trust me, I'm a youth pastor, and I'm getting, like, the second hand of, like, parents not teaching their kids how to, like, be good kids. I'm not saying anything about you guys, right? I'm talking about other people, right? We might have to experience a few losses, but I believe that the overall victory is going to overshadow every single loss. Amen? Got some more scripture here for you because I just got to back it up. But you guys have heard this scripture before. It's like painted in bathrooms and stuff. And you've heard it, promise. Proverbs 3, 5, when I read it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I saw that in Hobby Lobby. I'm one of those little signs, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes it's not going to make sense why, man, you feel so beaten. Why every day when you wake up, it gets you right there. You feel beaten. You feel like you've lost and we've just got to trust in God. Hold on for just a little bit longer because that victory, it's coming. That victory that God promised you in your life and in your family and at the workplace, it's going to happen. Just got to hold on. You go back to the Israelites and you see that, man, they're still doing the same thing. And we're going to skip like so many chapters. We're going to verse 14 right before we see the sea split, right? Right before it happens. But it's funny to watch this and it's 
chapter 14, verse 10, and it says, as Pharaoh approached, so we're skipping, y'all. We skipped like the 10 plagues and all this stuff. Just ain't got time for that today, all right? And so uh, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said, Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. You ever said that before? Would it have been better if I would have just went to work like the way I used to go to work and just did okay? Instead of trying to be like this super employee? Would it have been better if I would have just left my kids alone and let them kind of figure things out? Would it have been better if I didn't talk to my wife about the things that we need to fix in our marriage? Would it have been better if I would have just let everything stay the same? See, the Egyptians, they're about to be set free. Oh, we know the end of the story. We fast forwarded, but they don't know that yet. I think sometimes I love, I love reading the Bible like I've never read it before. Because I get a little scared, y'all. I'm like, oh, man, they're coming. They're about to die. <laughs> Who would have thought that the, split, the sea would literally split in half, y'all? They didn't know that yet. They're freaking out just like we do. Oh, man, I'm, I'm getting beaten every day. And I just, it's a beat down, y'all. My life sucks. You probably said that before. Don't act like you're too good right here. Come on. Come on. We're getting real this morning. freaking out. We would be doing the same thing. But it's that idea of we have to trust the Lord. That it might not be clear to us right now. We might not know what's going on. But he does. And all we have to do is stay faithful with him. Keep going. Even when there's a sea in front of us, we got to keep going. And that's when I believe God's going to show up and show us victory. Amen? Amen. Number three. We have to keep in mind who's on our team. We have to keep in mind who's on our team. Exodus 14, verse 13, it says, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And this is it right here, y'all, verse 14. It says, The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. And we might not always have enough. We might not always be enough. We might have all this baggage and these failures and these mistakes. We might be getting beaten down every single day. When you wake up, when you get to work, when you get in your car, when you go to Walmart. But I believe that scripture right there over all of our lives, that he will fight for us. Come on, y'all. You got to get a little bit more excited than that because it doesn't matter what's coming against you. It doesn't matter how big it looks and how scary it is. He's going to fight for us. We know the end of the story, so we know that God shows up and he splits the sea and they make their way downtown. And then all the Egyptians, they die. But, man, it's, it's, it's hard to hold on to that he will fight for us when we're facing struggle. 
when we're facing circumstance, when our marriages are crumbling, when our families are falling apart, man, it's hard to hold on to that. He will fight for us. It's not easy. When it feels like your life is falling apart, it's hard to hold on. But, man, Scripture says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. I believe that this morning. I've got another scripture here, and, and we're about to close, y'all. we got the band up here. Things are about to happen, but, man, I've got this one last scripture. If you don't get anything, just hold on to this. This is Romans 8, 31 through 39, the message version, just to make it that much easier to get. But check this out. It says, with God on our side, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything, anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. There is no way. I believe that this morning, some of you came in and you're beaten down and you're broken and you're holding on to that baggage that you, I did this and I was that and we got to let go this morning. Some of you are coming in this morning. You faced so many losses recently. You don't know what it feels like to win. But I'm here to tell you today that God is here and he's ready. And the next half is going to be so much better. The next half is going to be a win for you and your family. Amen? That it doesn't matter what's coming against us. It doesn't matter how big the obstacles are. God is going to show up like never before. Amen? Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the LifeGate podcast. We hope you enjoyed the new series, Halftime, presented by Seth Wolverton. I know we all found it extremely encouraging. I know I did, and we hope you were able to take something away from that. Well, we wanted to touch base. We didn't have a chance to do a Q&A session, but for those of you that are listening, again, we wanted to thank you for taking the time to tune in. And if you're new to LifeGate or haven't heard of us before, as always, please be sure to visit our website at LifeGateBurleson.com for our address, service times, and upcoming events. Again, that's LifeGateBurleson.com. So we just want to thank you again. We hope you enjoyed that new series, Halftime. We hope it got you pumped up and ready to roll for what Pastor Chad has for us for this next series, which we will find out on Sunday. So thank you all so much. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Music